Welcome to the Esport Trust podcast. The Esport Trust is a children's charity working to ensure every child enjoys the life-changing benefits that come from play and sport. From this series of podcasts, you can expect to hear from experts in the industry, colleagues of the YST, and people who are out on the ground delivering in a variety of different ways through roundtable discussions around hot topics, behind the scenes of some of the events that the YST put together, interviews with various people working in the field, as well as masterclass podcasts, listening to those that have been successful and exactly how they got there. My name is Sarah Harnett and today we're talking to Andy Grant. He's going to touch upon his inspirational story and why he so strongly believes in the power of PE and sport. Want to know more about Andy? Here he is to introduce himself. My name is Andy Grant and I guess now I'd call myself a motivational speaker. I was a Royal Marine for six and a half years and after injury in Afghanistan I now travel around the world luckily sharing my story in the hope to try and inspire and motivate. Brilliant and um, you know what in terms of when you're going and sharing your story you've What's the outcome with that? What are people often looking for out of that story? I think what I've found the last few years going around sharing the story, people have been able to come away with a bit more perspective on life. Like I say, everyone goes through tough times in life, and I think just by sometimes hearing someone else's story, it can make you look at your own life and think, actually, you know what? Sometimes you may think life isn't as bad, and you know I need to crack on as well. Or you might think, yeah, you know, actually, what I am going through is really tough, but actually it's given me a bit of motivation to think that I can also get through this as well. So I don't know whether people actually turn up in the hope that they're going to feel a certain way, but thankfully I'm confident in saying that the, the feedback I've received has been, you know, people are coming away with a new attitude to think, you know, actually I can I can be successful and I can find happiness again. And, and yeah, just an overwhelming feeling of hopefully being inspired. Mm. So we've just had the opportunity to listen to your story and it was so many emotions, I think, from both the audience and myself, from from being emotional to being inspired to being heartbroken to being um, motivated to and and throughout the, the story, just having that little period of reflection and going, yeah, he's so right. And actually, if I just applied that one piece, mm. that could make a massive difference. You've also, sport, physical activity, exercise plays a massive part in your story. Can you tell us a little bit about that and, and what role sport has in your life? Yeah, I mean, well, I've always been into sport, I've always loved sport, and I've always been quite competitive, I've always loved being part of that team. And I guess you, it's, it's like most things in life, you only really, you know, you only really miss something when it's not there. And after my injury in Afghanistan, I obviously wasn't able to play sport. And I didn't realise how much I loved sport and I loved being part of that team. Like I say, until I couldn't do it no more. And I started to become, I was, well, I was unfit to start with. You know, I wasn't going to the gym at all. I didn't actually put on weight, but I was going really skinny and just not, not strong. And I just, I just lost, I lost confidence and I lost, um, I didn't really care about my appearance. And so all physical things were kind of going downhill. But more importantly, my mental health start, started to suffer. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't bothered about certain things and I wasn't seeing as many people as I maybe normally would through through sport. And yeah, just my whole health, physical and mental, started to suffer. And thankfully, that's when I started getting into sport. The Invictus Games for me was the kind of catalyst that I started training for. And having, having won a couple of gold medals at that, I then started to, to set a record on, set my sights on to break the 10,000 meter world record. And then by having a goal, that then led me to joining a running club. And then through joining that running club, I made more friends, I had more structure to my life, 
I was training various, I think three, four, five times a week. So not only was I getting back to my physical health, also without doubt my, my mental health massively improved. I started eating the right foods again because I needed to for the training. And just having that purpose again, that sport gave me and being part of that team and having the laugh that you have with people you're training hard. You know, I really did notice just how different my life was again, having sport back in my life. Yeah. And it's, it's been huge. So you talk about like sport as a vehicle. Mm. You, you mentioned that quite a bit throughout your talk. If you're, I mean, you, you've got a daughter yourself. Is she quite sporty? She is, yeah. Yeah. It's something that, you know, it's easy to moan about. I'm in clubs three or four times a week, very in and about everywhere. But no, it's something that, two things really, I want her to, to want to love it as well. So, I mean, she's in swimming, she's in gymnastics, she's in horse riding. Um, she's doing all these things and thankfully she loves it as well. But I also want to set an example. You know, I always try and lead an active lifestyle myself so that she can look at me and she can see, wow, my dad's doing this, he's doing this. And, you know, not, nothing stops him. And I think by setting that example to young people that, you know, sport can be really fun. It can be a great way of meeting friends. It can be a great way of, you know, being competitive and not even competing against anyone else, but just competing against yourself. Yeah. Making yourself a better person. You know, they're the kind of examples I try and set to my daughter so that when she's grown up, and although she's doing it already now, I want her to be able to see the benefits of it as well. And, yeah. and, and for me personally, with me being disabled and having one leg, again, I want her to be able to see that actually, whatever your disability is, whatever your background is, if you know, you might not be great at everything, you might not, but you can give things a go. Yeah. You don't have to be an expert in anything. And um, hopefully by her seeing me run and go to the gym and box and do all the things I do, it's hopefully given her a bit of an insight that you can actually have a go at doing anything. Yeah. I think that that role model piece feels really important. You talk about in your talk about the ethos of of the Marines and and the the things that you came away with, and I know it's something that I made a, a note of, and that commando ethos, and actually how it really affected you, and how you felt like putting putting those areas of that ethos into your life, even if you only pick one of them, mm. can make a massive difference. I think. Listeners that might be uh, listening to this in their cars or, or wherever they might be now, they might be a head of a PE department, they might be a PE teacher at a primary school, they might be a community coach. Which aspects of those ethos do you think they can use quite possibly to put into their practice to enable them to be a good role model? Yeah, I mean, it's funny that what I learned throughout training, the commando ethos, I didn't ever think, oh, I'm learning all these great skills to, you know that are going to help me later on in life. It's almost in hindsight, you look back and you think, oh wow, actually, I'm, they're things that I'm, I'm putting into practice now without even thinking about them. Yeah. You know, things like courage, determination, professional standards, fortitude, determination, unity, um, humility and commando humor. They're the big things that I talk about. And like I say, you know, you don't need to put all of them into place. Some mm -hmm. of them might only be one or two things a day. I think that the big one, which I, I think it's easy, it's, I was going to say it's going to be it's one of the easiest things to do but actually it can be one of the hardest and that's commando humour yeah. you know life is life is tough life is challenging and you know there's probably a million and one reasons not to smile but actually if you just try and get a bit of perspective and change your attitude just a little bit and just try and keep a smile on your face yeah. you know it's it, it can make a big difference not just how you feel but just by doing whatever tasks you're doing you know, you try and do it with a smile on your face it makes you do it, it does make you feel a little bit better yeah and more importantly for those people who are in leadership positions and are looking after people, by them seeing you with a smile on your face, it's 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 a great feeling to be able to see, well, 
I know myself, you know, you walk down the street and you see someone smiling, you yeah. put a smile on your face, you think, oh, I wonder what they're smiling about, and then suddenly you start smiling, so I think that's the big one, I think it's it's probably an easy one to, to talk about, it's maybe a little bit harder to put into practice, but if you just try and go on about your day with a smile on your face, you know, you'd be surprised how much of a big impact that can have on people. Yeah, and I guess it's that idea that actually if you're a role model in any sort of sporting capacity or physical activity capacity to young people, by having that smile on your face and by enjoying what you're doing, just naturally, like you said, you walk past someone in the street with a smile on your face and you're smiling. Yeah. If you're delivering a session or teaching a lesson or you're a parent and you're playing with your kid and you've got a smile on your face, mm. naturally that, that child or young person, whether they're enjoying it or not, they're probably yeah, going to yeah. be smiling. Totally, and it's, it's, and it's the opposite though. If you're doing it where, if you're doing it and you just look grumpy, you look like you don't want to be there, you don't look like you're very engaged, then the people you're working with aren't going to be are going to be exactly the same. Not engaged, not really interested, not enjoying it. They won't want to come back. They won't want to. They just won't enjoy sport. And and again, sport has been for me such an amazing vehicle to get me back on the right path and get get me some success in life. So you know, enjoy it. You know, yeah. it is fun as well. It's you know, it, it's a great it's a great thing for meeting new people and improving yourself. You know, as, as a person. So so remember all that and. and just try and keep a smile on your face because again the impact you have on people like you just said then it could be walking down the street so you might not even see the impact you're having on people yeah but actually you know you are having an impact mm. and i think that other bit you know that that commander humor really resonated with me it's that idea of if you, well if you're not going to laugh there's every chance you're going to cry yeah and actually laughter and there are, is, and there are lots of reasons to cry isn't oh gosh yeah yeah definitely and i think you know, for someone working in education at the minute, they'd say exactly that. There's a lot of reasons to cry. There's a lot of obstacles. There's a lot of X, Y, and Z. There's funding and, and all these things. And, and we definitely shouldn't be laughing about that. But day by day, there's something in there to laugh totally, about. Yeah. And you, you mentioned as well that idea of who you surround yourself with. So if you're surrounded by people that are just bogged down in the negative... Mm-hmm. then I, I, I'm going to take the phrase away but if you're hanging around with nine idiots don't be surprised you're going to be the tenth yeah. I mean that needs to be a tattoo somewhere I think <laughs> that, just, I just mean, such yeah, a you, brilliant you're phrase such a, you are a product of, you, of your surroundings and I don't just mean that with the people you're hanging around with and the people you associate with it's it's you know it's the podcast you're listening to it's the YouTube videos you're watching it's, yeah. the, it's the documentaries you're watching if you're watching you know awful TV that's just you know mind dumbing and and don't expect to kind of be kind of uplifted and inspired by the new things that are going on and the new initiatives that are around and stuff. So, yeah. you know, I'm a, the last few years definitely I've, I've been a big believer in again like podcasts more so than anything. You know, just trying to make myself a better person. Mm. Positive podcast people who are going to inspire me. And again, day to day, you you know you want to surround yourself by people who are going to have a good impact on you. Yeah. And I think you look at other successful people as well and they all seem to do the same you know people who are happy and when I say successful I don't mean like financially I mean when I say success I mean happy people yeah you know I think we live in a world now where it's probably it's probably easier to be a millionaire than it is to be happy <laughs> yeah you know? yeah I agree so with that. I think success you know should be judged on, on happiness and I think the people who are happy are the ones who, who are surrounding themselves by positive people and um, I think that's that's a real big thing that we all should try and do more. Yeah, so I mean, if someone's listening to this now and they're reflecting, they're going, do you know what, in my workplace, the people that I'm surrounded with, yeah, they are, they're negative. Mm. You use the, the, the example of walking into the staff room and you've got teachers that maybe, you know, just been dragged down and, and they're struggling mm. and you've got the teachers that want to bring life into it and it's almost, you know, making sure that, that you're kind of 
picking your team as it were, totally, surrounding yeah. yourself with the right people. And like you say, it's in education. I mean, I only know from from the kind of news and what I've worked in schools, and you know, I only know a little bit about the troubles and the and the problems that are going on. But you know, I, I don't use what I've been through in Afghanistan, and despite the, the seriousness of, of being blown up in Afghanistan, as I'm lying there just before the helicopter came in to pick me up, you know, the guys are joking, saying, you know, Andy, will you, you know, we had a football tournament going at the time, and they're saying, well, at least you're not going to win the football tournament now and stuff. And <laughs> as extreme as those situations are, you know, those little laughs and jokes, yeah. you know, really do help you get through it. And like you say, there's there's not always the best time to, to you know to jump on some serious issues in education and things, but you know. There are times where you can just smile and think, you know what, we've done everything we can and, and try and put a smile on our face and again, it, it does have an impact on people and yeah. you, you will be surprised. Do you think that's a big one, you know, especially for young people, like you say, their environment, what they're surrounding themselves with, um, you know, how do you get that message through it? and is sport a real way of, of pushing oh, yeah. that message? Yes, yeah, sport, sports is the, um, it's probably, the, it's one of the only things I think left now where you can... Yeah. You can gain so much from it. It's that that part of being in a, t- in a team. I think it's self improvement as well. There's so many ways you can improve as a person through sport, whether that's your your physical health or your mental health. And I think it builds resilience, it builds determination, um, enjoyment as well. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's it, it annoys me so much kind of seeing so many kids just playing on computer games and things like that anymore. And it's it's I think sport is. Hopefully, with the youth sport trust and in education and sport, um, as in secondary school, sport is obviously hopefully valued. But I do think it needs to be more valued in in other other walks of life, because I've seen it through disabled soldiers who have used sport to get gain their life back on track. I just look at the youth of today and some of the problems that we kind of see on the news, and I think sport can be that vehicle to, to kind of help everyone. You know, jump on and, and get involved and meet new friends and break down barriers and whether that's where you're from, your, your religion, your disability, it's, it's something for everyone there and I think if we can all use it a bit more and, and realise what sport can bring, then the, the world will be a better place. Yeah. So it's a big statement <laughs> but I think it'd be, it's true. Yeah, I mean we, we've seen examples of it you know, in history and in your own personal life and I'm sure people listening to this have had their own experiences where there's been a time where life just hasn't been going their way, like you say, or have said in your talk, the uncontrollables just seem to overwhelm sometimes. And actually, you put yourself into a situation, whether it's coaching or taking part or volunteering or spe- even spectating, yeah. and you go, okay, I've got a little bit of perspective here. Yeah, Something's kind of come from this. And I guess that it's that idea that you also mentioned, you know, three massive pillars actually coming from sport for you were your physical health, your mental health, but also your social health. Mm-hmm. And I think it's that, have you seen, when you've been in schools, or have you seen some examples of, of just brilliant practice where people have been using those three pillars with young people? Yeah, I was lucky enough that I got to do um, an initiative. The Royal Marines was actually who put on a day recently in Liverpool, and they invited um, five or six different schools and it was a kind of it was different stances. So they had I think Merseyside Fire Brigade, Merseyside Police. They had one about the Royal Marines. They had um, it was held at Aintree Racecourse. So they had people from uh, the Jockey uh, Foundation uh, there. So and I think British Military Fitness was a kind of there as well. So they both I think seven or eight different stances, but they all had it was a twist on a kind of career prospects, but also your physical health as well and, and jobs and in sport. 
and it was such a great practice and they had I think 10 schools came along and the first thing they done which I thought was great was they mixed up the schools so straight away you had people who didn't know anyone and you kind of thrown in a group together I think straight away that was great because it made people speak to people they probably wouldn't yeah. normally spoke, speak to so that was great it broke down barriers straight away that you know oh I'm from this school and you're from that school so we can't speak so straight away that was that was dealt with and then these seven or eight different stances going from different sports and different careers that all had a bit of kind of a physical a physical element to mm. which is fantastic to see and how we you know kids who maybe weren't that sporty weren't very active and liked to play computer games and now running up and down with kind of weights and doing press-ups and stuff like that and just seeing these kids and you can kind of tell I've never really done anything like this before and they're they're working in teams and again these teams that they've just been thrown into and yet sport it's like right okay race there and back to me go and and then they're looking at things like the the police and and learning a bit more about that career and then what it's like to be a jockey and, and, and racing the Grand National and they're learning just all these different things about sport and I think what you know, subconsciously the message that we're getting across was teamwork, yeah. you know, making yourself a better person, you know, discipline, all the things that sports sport gives. But it was done in such a roundabout way that the kids didn't really know that they were learning all these things. Mm-hmm. And I think that they're sometimes re- really great lessons when you're putting on an activity for them and you don't have to tell them at the start, these are the aims of the, you know, the day. Yeah. It's, you know, you're putting on a fun-filled day that's got aspects of, you know, your physical health, your mental health, you know, career prospects, coaching, mentoring. They're all kind of wrapped into one that you, you haven't actually had to say to them, this is what you're going to learn in today. It's, it's just done naturally. Yeah. And I guess it's that thing, isn't it, that actually sport can be used for a lot of that. So if you're in a coaching capacity, you can use the sport aspect of it, whether it's football, cricket, rugby, um, you know, a non-traditional sport quite possibly. You've got, you could be teaching a skill set, but actually focusing on confidence or mm. teamwork or communication. And yeah, you know, putting teams together that wouldn't normally be together and then picking team leaders who wouldn't normally fancy themselves mm. as team leaders and, you know, they're having to stand up and be counted and giving them a chance and an opportunity, you know, to shine. And again, it might not be much in a sporting sense, but for them and their personal development and the confidence it'll bring them, you know, it's huge. Yeah. And I think, I think the other thing for me was that idea of, you mentioned the story about the Invictus and I know somebody asked about, are you going back again? And the answer that you gave for me, just in my head, straight away, I was like, sport for all. So you're, you know, mm-hmm. it, I mean, what was the answer in terms of yeah. in terms of Invictus for you this year? Yeah, I didn't bother applying for it again because, like I say, I'm probably fit and stronger now than I've ever been and I'm quite confident I'd go and I'd, I'd, I'd win my race that I'd go in for. And I just thought, you know, I've got everything I can from the Invictus Games. It's led me to bigger and better things. Mm. And I thought, what would be more important, me turning up and in gold, or actually someone who's on their recovery, their own journey, and actually just making it to the start line? Yeah. You know, whether they win gold or not, the fact that they're on the start line at the Invictus Games, getting their opportunity and their chance to shine, that's more important than, yeah. than me turning up who, who, who've done it before and won gold. So I, did, I give it a miss this year because, again, I believe that it is sport for all, like you just said. There's yeah. so many opportunities in sport, whether that's competing yourself at whatever level that may be, whether it's coaching, whether it's mentoring, you know, volunteering. There's so many it's kind of so many roles that people can play. Yeah. And um, yeah, I just think it's we probably probably will. I think if, unless you're in sport all of the time, you, you probably forget that there are so many things that you can do in sport. You yeah. Know, and. I think something like the Invictus Games showed me just how many opportunities there are. And like I say, luckily enough, I'm, I'm really busy with other opportunities and projects now. 
and hopefully someone else will kind of take the baton, take part in the Invictus Games and, and kind of run with it just like I did. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a big bit there, like you've just said, it almost feels like that first step could be just spectating. Yeah. Actually just, you know, if you're if you don't clash yourself with sport, if you possibly had a bad experience at school and whatever it might be, actually just get like, you know, taking yourself out of the house and going and watching a local football team, rugby mm. team, hockey go, go team. Go and clap a park run on a Saturday morning, yeah. you know, just stand there and just watch and just see, you know, cheer people along as they run past. You know, yeah. you don't have to do a lot but again what we said before, you know, standing there smiling, clapping people, you know, you're still part of the show, you're still having an impact on people's lives. Mm. And we've got a, um, an initiative at the minute or a campaign running called Reframe Competition and almost exactly what you just said there about giving somebody else an opportunity. You know, if, if somebody's in charge of a community club or a team or, yeah. or they set up competitions, actually bearing in mind, you might have the young person that competes day in, day out and they're, and they're brilliant, but also you've got the young person that maybe has just entered the sport and they're really nervous. Mm. And who's going to get the most out of the experience in front of them is it going to be the person that's been doing it day in and day out or is actually this person that's that's kind of ready for the experience mm. and I think uh, that creates as well great opportunities for them you know more you know more personal development you know getting like getting the person who's been doing sport for a while to then you know mentor the, the yes. new person coming in and again through sports it creates more opportunities to just make make people better mm. I mean you're a, you're a big Liverpool fan mm-hmm big Liverpool fan we saw the flag in your in your mud hut in your talk yeah and um, you know what what is it like to be you know take away the performance side the participant side what is it like to be a fan has that played a big part in your life and, and especially maybe in the difficulties that you've had oh totally yeah I mean sport is just so powerful we all know especially football in this country a couple, a couple of big things spring to mind straight away when when I first got injured I'm, I've been away from home for five months in Afghanistan and then I'd been in hospital for three months, so I'd not been back home to Liverpool for a long time. And then when I first came home, my first weekend home, uh, my dad wheeled me into my local pub, and I was so ill at the time, and it was just kind of like going and I seen all the, the old, you know, the locals in the pub. Yeah. I think I had half a beer and went home. It was that was it. I was ready for bed again. And then the next morning, I was due to go back to hospital, and Jamie Carragher, you know, Liverpool legend. Um, you know they were in a title running at the time in 2009. Fortunately, we didn't win the league that season, but he took time out of his day just before training to come to my house and come to visit me. Wow! And you know, for me, as a huge Liverpool fan, to have Jamie Carragher come and sit at my house and you know just say, you know what, mate, it's you know hopefully it'll be okay, and just give me such a boost to yeah. have someone I looked up to. And then years later, I've actually become good friends with him. And <laughs> one thing that he told me. Was he said a lot because obviously he's come out to sport now, and he just said, "You know, keep keep your diary full. You know, keep busy." And he now he invited me down to the gym where he goes, and now I'm in the gym with him every day, Monday to Friday, with, yeah. a, with, a, with a big group of lads. And that's what sports done. Sports took me as a fan of Liverpool and of Jamie Carragher. Um, you know, being able to follow Liverpool and having one of the, one of my heroes, if you like, come to my house, give me that yeah. boost. Was such a massive part as a fan, and then to the to the day now where. You know, tomorrow morning I'll be in the gym with them and being surrounded by that, you know, just in the gym working hard together. It's not it's not even that fun thing anymore, it's just when I'm yeah. waiting. It's it's a kind of crazy experience for me and it's all come from from sporting in a weird way. I guess it's almost been that seeding, hasn't it? You've gone from being that what I imagine to be that young lad, Liverpool shirt on, watching his heroes you know, then going and being a fan, going and watching the games, going down the pub and talking with mates about yeah. it to you know all the things that have happened in your life to now actually being 
gym buddies with a, with yeah. a, with a Liverpool Crazy, legend. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's funny how it works out and, and just sport in general, like, I'm, I'm a big Liverpool fan anyway and it's some of the memories I've got of just being with my friends and going to watch the match, that's the joy that sport can bring. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty amazing. Obviously Liverpool are doing quite well at the moment and yeah. um, I was in Madrid for the final with all my friends and you know, some of the memories I've got through sport you know, have been amazing. I don't, and I think the social aspect should never be forgotten. You know, yeah. That's a big thing for me. It helped me when I was going through my recovery journey, you know, just to be back around people and even going through the rehabilitation, you know, I remember the old Nintendo Wii's that used to stand on the boards yes. and I'd be standing in between parallel bars um, with the remedial instructors and the, and the personal trainers and, and other injured soldiers using the terabands and doing the stretches and doing yeah. various whatever sport we could and I'm standing on the Nintendo Wii having to weight transfer one foot to the other, to the other. so even go, never mind really you know, professional sport at the highest level yeah. even just that sport at that time and being in the in the same room as other people who were going through their injuries and just sport in general and then togetherness it can bring mm. it was absolutely vital for my recovery it feels like you know if, if if you're listening to this now and you're in a school and, and you've got a young person who's either at the start of their journey with PE sport physical activity or maybe they're in a part of their journey where actually they've really had some bad experiences and, and you've got them now to quite possibly turn them around that doesn't have to be about the participation it can be you could take them into a completely different role like you say it could be a leadership could be coaching or it could literally just like you said I think that point you made about just taking them to a park run on a Saturday and just getting them to watch and clap yeah because it's it is it's infectious isn't it oh totally yeah just just there's just so many opportunities to get involved and I think I think most people will agree who listen to this that you know sport is probably one of the most important tools we can use mm. And it's, it's just about remembering how many opportunities there are. You know, there might, yeah. there might be someone who you know, and yeah, like you say, they might they might not be great at sport or they've had a bad experience. But you know, don't don't focus on the negatives. Again, look for the positives. Okay, yeah, they might not want to play, but what about being a mentor and talking to people about their experiences? What about bringing them along to volunteer? What about just supporting? And I think sometimes you can forget. You know, you don't have to play at this elite level. You don't yeah. have to be the first name on the team sheet. There's so many other things you can do. Definitely. I think just just kind of touching on that point, uh, going back a little bit to that around the idea of mental health, and you you mentioned two things. One really has really stuck with me about the ten percent and the ninety percent about not being able to control the uncontrollables. Mm. Can you expand on that a little bit for us? Yeah, so how I kind of work that in my in my kind of personal life is, you know, every day I wake up and ten percent of my life that I have no control over is the fact that I'm an amputee. Mm. I have to wake up, hop into the bathroom, have a shower, hop then back into my bedroom and put a prosthetic leg on. So I can't do anything about that. That is 10% of my day that is going to be the same for the rest of my life. However, when I walk out my door, whether I turn left or I turn right, that's down to me. Yeah. You know, I am in control of my own destiny from that moment on. Once I've put that leg on, it's down to me what I do with the day. You know, My attitude is determined by me. My, my goals that I set for my day are determined by me. My determination for that day is determined by me, whether I go to the gym or not is determined by me. And it's all about, you know, realising that in your own capacity. Yeah. You know, there's some parts of your life that, you know, you've got no control over and you've just got to deal with it and that's just that. And sometimes they can be unfair, they can be un- they can be a little challenging at times, but you know what? That is life. Yeah. You know, life is tough, life is hard. You've got to kind of get on with that and, and get on board with it. But the second you can get on board with it and the quicker you can and the quicker you realise that, that only has to make up a small part of your day. Yeah. 
there's a, the majority of the day you know you can control yeah you know are you gonna you know you're gonna walk around with a smile on your face all day yeah you know are you gonna be punctual are you gonna turn up on time are you gonna lead by example and you know be the first one on the training pitch or are you gonna be the first one there for your volunteering post mm. are you gonna you know communicate in the best way you can today you're gonna you know all those things are down yeah. to you know you're controlling so that's how I'm trying to live my life now and try not to get too disheartened by the things that you can't control and mm. don't worry about them too much and actually put all your time and energy into focusing on what you can't control and, and trying to you know give yourself that feeling of, you know I'm confident that I'm in control of my own destiny yeah I can't imagine that that was a short journey to get to that mindset I can imagine that it was that it took some time or, or was it short and actually it was because of you know a, a very big thing that happened in your life yeah, no, I think the thing with mental health and, and things like what we're talking about now, it's, I don't think there's, it's a one, you know, one size fits all, and I don't think it's you, you've ever nailed it. I mm. think it's a constant, it's a it's a constant battle, it's a daily, it's a, it's something that we all have to deal with on a daily basis, you know, it's not something, you know, I might be a motivational speaker, but without doubt there are still times when I get a bit down and a little bit fed up. That's why I think it's a, it's a daily thing, you know, you constantly need to remind yourself, you constantly need to gain a little bit, a little bit of perspective. Yeah. But the one thing I've learned over time, it's about having goals, it's about having a purpose. The one big time when I really struggled in my life was when I came up with the Marines and I felt like I didn't really have a purpose. And although this isn't really a sport in a, in a sense, the one big thing that helped me was getting a dog. Mm. I'm not trying to advise anyone to go and buy a dog if you feel like a bit <laughs> We are but, coming up to Christmas, be careful. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, but getting this dog, it gave me some responsibility, it gave me some purpose. I needed yeah. to get up in the morning and walk this dog. By walking the dog, it got me, in got me outdoors. It got me, got me a little bit fitter than I would have been. I was out walking every morning, every evening. Mm. I was then meeting new people. I, you know, I was, I was, open then to seeing people running in the park and running yeah. down the beach. So, although it was something little, getting, getting, getting a dog for me was just about giving myself a bit of purpose and a bit of responsibility. What it actually did was open me up to the world going around me and yeah. gave me a different outlook on life and again what I mentioned then a bit of perspective so through my dark times I think getting a dog was a, was a massive thing for me personally personally that helped but what that did do was open up the doors to all the other opportunities that are out there mm. but again going back to it, it's not now that I've got my dog this was seven seven or eight years ago I still have those dark days now and again yeah. and that's when it's about taking a step back getting a bit of perspective and you know knowing what you need to do to, to go again the next day a bit of a dog lover. What's the dog's name? His name's Oppo. What kind of dog is he? A Labrador. Oh. So in the Marines, you have your kind of one of the slang words in the Marines for your, for your mate is your Oppo. Yeah. Oh, I, I love you know, that. Man's best friend and all that. So um, yeah, I called him Oppo. Oh, bless him. Has he got any little quirks? He's really, he's really clever. Okay. He's just super, super clever. So he can do the whole sit, pause, um, speak. You can put oh. a treat there, and wow. he just he won't touch it until you tell it to it to eat it. It doesn't need a lead. Just walks next to me, so he's a, he's a good dog. I love it, I love it. You also have that point about being present in the moment, and that, um, you know, very well documented at the minute are the five ways to well-being, and one of them is about connecting and taking notice. What does that feel like to you to be present in the moment? It's difficult. Yeah. I think it's really difficult. It's easy to say, you know, be present in the moment, but actually put it into practice, you know. There's sometimes I've been... Could be watching something on, on YouTube or on Netflix or something, and before you know it, you start thinking about something else. And I'll have to rewind the program and think, actually, I don't even know what got said then, or yeah. I missed a bit of that. That's because you're not present in the moment. 
So I think it's it's difficult to you know to do, but I think there's so many um, resourceful uh, resourceful things you can do. You know, meditation and there's loads of great apps you can get now to help improve that. And I mean, I'm still improving on it now. But the one thing I've learned is, you know, you just feel so much more connected with yeah. yourself and the situation when you are present in the moment. You gain a lot more from the situation as well, and the conversations you're having. If you are truly listening in, you know, hanging on every word and focusing on that person, you know, you just feel a bit more enlightened to actually mm. what's going on, rather than, you know, just being there because you have to be there. Yeah. And I think you, you come away feeling better to think actually, you know what, I really took a lot away from that. Whether that's a program you're watching, a conversation you're having, or even it's the food you're you're, you're eating, yeah. you, know, you, you enjoy it more. You know, you're thinking, wow, you're letting the taste go off in your mouth, and it's. I think it's hard to do, but it's something I myself am trying to improve on all the time and I'm finding myself enjoying experiences, again, whether that's conversations or entertainments in, in a far greater way. I guess it, it's possibly one of those things, isn't it, that, that the modern world feels like it's moving at 100 miles mm. an hour and actually, okay, you can't control that. It might be, but you can control how fast you move within it. Exactly. That's a great point, yeah. Yeah, so if it's moving at 100 miles an hour and you're not present in the moment, then put your foot on the brake, mm-hmm. slow it down, because yeah. it might be doing that, but you don't have to be following suit. No. Really. And there are so many distractions with social media and you know, all the different apps on your phone going off every two minutes. And, you know, so one thing, funny, funnily enough, I, I've turned off notifications on the phone, on my phone now. So, you know, Instagram's not going off, Twitter's not going off, WhatsApp isn't going off. So when I am doing things, I am more present. I'm not yeah. constantly looking at my phone and thinking, oh, who's this and what shall I do there? And, because like you say, you know, the WhatsApp groups that you end up in and stuff, there's something <laughs> constantly going off all of the time. Um, but to be a bit more present in the moment, it's it's like you just say then, you can't always control all of these things, but you can control it in your own little way by yeah. slowing it down, whether it's putting your phone down and leaving it on the side or turning the notifications off or just focusing on one thing at a time. Mm. So again, you can't always control what, what's going around you, but... No, like your little saying then, you know, you don't have to go at the same speed of everything else, you know, yeah. pick your own speed. And I think that, that it's just, it's so important, isn't it? Because you do get caught up. I mean, like you've just said there, I think that technology plays a large part. So, mm. you know, I wonder how many people that are listening to this right now watch the telly and then have their phone next to them. Yeah. And they're on their phone and they're watching their telly. Yeah. Or there's a tablet going on or, or you're having a conversation and... and yeah, it's crazy. I, I think it's getting... It's harder for young people as well because they're growing up and all of doing three or four, five things at once is almost natural to them. Yeah. So it is, it is, it is really difficult to, to, you know, filter out those distractions. But again, I think in a weird way that's how sport can help. Mm. You know, because when you are playing sport and you are really engaged, you know, all of those distractions it, it can offer a, it can offer a welcome break yeah. from a lot of these distractions that life can bring. And that's why I think when you. you when you're passionate about sport and you're getting, you know, real enjoyment from it, you know, your phone's put down for an hour or two, you know, when you're with your friends and you're, you know, you're being competitive and you're enjoying and you're laughing, they're the, they're the great, that's the great thing that sport can do. Yeah. It feels a little bit like, you know, if I was listening to this now, I'd think, okay, I've got to start figuring out how to work with the stuff that I can work with, control the controllables mm. and how do I start to park that, but also how to be present. But I guess, you know, if someone's listening to this now, what would be a top tip that you would give them that they could take away that could either, could have some sort of impact either immediately or actually if they just carried on doing it would have an impact in the long term? Um, I, I, love, I love the kind of saying, kind of, you know, um, like if your dreams don't scare you, you're not dreaming big enough. Mm. 
and I think that can be applied to goals. You know, if you, you know, your goals are allowed to be, you know, outlandish and big yeah. and crazy, and, and that's that's fine. So if there's anyone listening to this now and they're thinking, you know, well, you know, I've got all these great ideas, but I can't see how any of them are going to be implemented, and I can't see myself in a different place in ten years' time. Well, I, I was blown up ten years ago. You know, yeah. I was recovering from an injury ten years ago. I lost my leg and all these crazy injuries and 10 years on my life is completely different mm. you know you'd be surprised how much life can change in 10 years and although whatever problems people may be going through aren't as extreme as that the one big thing I've learned is you know you're never too old to redefine yourself yeah you know you can always redefine yourself tomorrow is a new day you know I read a lot of again I try and gain inspiration from, from different people you only have to look at how many entrepreneurs I've, I've been bankrupt, you know, maybe 20, 30 times before yeah. they actually then become millionaires or how many, you know, footballers have had knockbacks and yet they, they are not finally getting an England call-up or yeah. how many runners that you see running at 70, 80 doing the first marathon at 90 years of age and there's so many kind of st- inspirational stories out there. It's important to remember that, you know, for your own personal goal, whatever that may be, or big or small, you know, you can redefine yourself. Tomorrow is always a new day. And it's a new chance to be a new you and to start life on the right track. Yeah, I think there's there's a couple of things from that. Like you say, 10 years ago, you were blown up and you wouldn't have imagined yourself here. Mm. But actually, if you would have, just that simple act of actually imagining yourself. Mm. So if you've got a big dream, just imagine. Just sit and yeah. imagine yourself in that dream. And actually, how you get there is really important. But you'll get there because you can see yeah. it. Sounds like I've read the book The Secret and I know... People, some may believe it, some not, but I, I do believe in the power of visualization and yeah. you know, dreaming things. And when I started doing the public speaking, I always I had this aim. I thought I'd love to do a motivational talk to Liverpool Football Club because mm. it's, it's the team I support. And yeah, a few years later, I found myself doing a talk to Liverpool Football Club, and then I then done a talk to the England football team for the World Cup. And when I got into doing motivational speaking, I had these big dreams of I want to do big talks for kind of important people who I look up to. And I didn't know how I was going to get there, but yeah. I thought that's what I want to do one day. I'd love to do that. And then six or seven years later, you know, there I am yes. doing it. So you have got a dream big. You know, if anyone had told me when, or if I had told anyone, just as I'd been blown up in Afghanistan, you know what? I've woke up from this two week coma and I want to get into motivational speaking and I want to tell a story for the England football team just before they go off to a World Cup. Yeah. People are like, Andy, you know, you're, you're on a lot of morphine. Yeah. There's a lot of drugs and, in the system, let's mate. Let's talk about it in a few weeks' time. <laughs> but they're the kind of crazy dreams that you are allowed to have. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with having them. As long as you've got them there, then, then great. It's something to work towards then. And it's important. It feels like it's really important for young people to have them. And if they have them, don't tell them they're not achievable. Yeah. Encourage them to Encourage go after them. them. Yeah. Encourage them to dream crazy and, you know... Yeah, that's that's the best thing. You know, I love it. I love listening to people who have these big dreams and big aspirations. And you know, when you have got a young person who does feel like this and has got that attitude, then yeah, don't don't ever knock them down and yeah. encourage it and tell them to tell them to dream even crazier than that. Yeah. yeah, I really like that. I think that's that is a really positive way to finish. And you've, I feel like there's a lot going on in your life at the minute. Where can people find you? What what what's out there that they can take more from you? Yeah, so the, the big one for me, which I'm most proud of, is in my book. I've got yeah. a book out called You'll Never Walk, which goes into the, the highs and the lows. Again, it's not, it hasn't always been plain sailing. There's been a lot of negatives in there, but again, hopefully by being as open as I have done in the book, it will give people hope that, again, they can get through whatever they're going through. So the book's called You'll Never Walk, um, which hopefully will be an enjoyable read. 
and on social media I'm Andy G Bootneck and I'm on Twitter and Instagram Brilliant. And in terms of, you know, if people are listening to this and they're like, I don't have to get Andy in front of my kids, or, you know, you said you mentioned a podcast as well. Where can we, what's yeah, that so about? The, the podcast is it? called uh, The Leg It Podcast. So I just had to play on words with the leg. <laughs> and that, that's basically a lot of inspirational um, people from from business entrepreneurs to people who've rode the Atlantic Ocean to climb Mount mm-hmm. Everest to hostage negotiators to oh, wow. all crazy successful people in their own line of work, um, which is really cool. And yes, the public speaking is what I do full time now. And people can either connect with me on social media or message me on there, or my email is andygrantmotivation at gmail.com. Brilliant. Andy, thank you so much from listening to you speak and having the opportunity to have a conversation with you one on one. My mind is just blown, <laughs> but in a, in a fantastic way. I mean, I think it's, um, I definitely know that I'm inspired. So thank you for taking your time with us. And oh, I know you. for sure that it's I'm that. going to go and buy that book. Yeah, it's. Um, Listen, I think everyone who's listening hopefully is involved in sport and is involved in the, in the youth of today. And a big thank you to, to you guys as well because I think you play a, a huge part in society. It's, it's inspirational what you guys do. And, you know, when you are having those you know, hard days, because I imagine it is really challenging, you know, try and think about lucky you are being in the position you are. You know, you're having a huge impact on the youth of today and using sport, which like we spoke about, is, is so enjoyable. So, so really try and harness that energy. Thank you ever so much. Thank you. If you enjoyed this podcast, please make sure you like, share and subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, Acast or wherever it is you find your podcasts. Our episodes will be coming your way every fortnight and if you would like to find out more about the Youth Sport Trust, please head over to our website which you can find at youthsporttrust.org. For now, thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.